Hello, everybody, and welcome to Local Chat. It's yet another live to tape episode because technical issues, jazz hands. Jake, how's it going, buddy? I'm well. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, we were talking about it before the stream. Will's not here because he's getting married this weekend. Uh, he's such a great guy. He's taking care of everything. He told me I don't have to worry about a thing. I just have to show up in Jersey on Saturday and then, you know, we'll get married this weekend. I'm so excited for it. Are you excited, Jake? <laughs> I am very excited. Can't wait. I, I love that there's this background joke of just Will and I shipping ourselves in subpixel <laughs> fan fiction. <laughs> it's so it's a good. good bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, I just realized we should, if we were really committed and or not lazy, we could... <laughs> You ever seen those fucking TikTok videos or even the Twitter threads where they're just like, here's the weird comment I got six years ago and now we're married, you know, <laughs> we should do that with Will and I. <laughs> I had a, a buddy of mine uh, before Hazel and I got married. We, we had joked. We were like, we should get married and then get divorced like as soon as possible so that every yes. time we text each other, I'm like, it's my ex-husband. <laughs> That's good. That's good. It's like um, the podcaster uh, Scott Ackerman from Comedy Bang Bang and Threedom. He always calls his wife his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> he's like, well, she's not my girlfriend anymore. You know, and then he, good, he jokes. Also a good I, bit. Yeah, he jokes about this. I don't think this actually happened, but it's a funny joke. He says that he he broke up with his girlfriend. He's like, we can't be boyfriend and girlfriend anymore because i want you to marry me <laughs> it's, it's like this fake pre-proposal breakup i love it oh, anyways um let's do a nice calm completely smooth nobody's even gonna notice it transition into the chitty chatty section mm. uh oh we already started it because the first topic is wedding weekend Oops. uh so anyways, uh, if you're watching this live, first of all, thank you. Second of all, we're not actually broadcasting this live, so please get out of my house. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we're going to be going. We're not going to have any streams this weekend because. Um, why? Oh, because we're going to a wedding in Jersey. <laughs> Will's getting married. I forgot I was getting married this weekend. So all the subpixels is going to be up there. It's going to be a big party and you're not invited. But I will tell you this. If you are listening to this, you are a true fan. You're a dedicated listener, which means there are rumors, there are hints of somewhere possibly being a wedding stream this weekend. <laughs> and to be clear, we are not forcing this on anybody. <laughs> this is entirely Will's idea. I was okay with it. It's his idea. So our wedding will be live streamed this weekend uh, <laughs> from Karen's house. Uh, Karen's just a friend. It's platonic. There's nothing going on there. Live uh, from Karen's house. <laughs> love this bit anyways uh jake let's fucking talk about legos are let's do it i love it i i put together recently the lego nes kit and it's phenomenal it's so good i want to tell you about some of the little details they have in it tell me one one of them i already showed you on the discord which is the, the there's a top side of the nes cover that you can remove and it has one one in it like it could have just been empty blank space but they put that in there the cartridge you get a cartridge i mean a lego cartridge and you can load it and the, it has a spring-loaded tray like mm -hmm. it literally has a spring-loaded mechanism and it's phenomenal um the tv the tv's fantastic it has knobs and they did like a ratchet mechanism so the main like channel knob actually does like a click so you're like click 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 and then the main screen is basically a vertical conveyor belt with uh with one by one pieces as the pixels and you can crank it and rotate it it's phenomenal it's one of the best lego sets i've ever purchased and i'm so happy i did especially now that it's going out of stock going mm. out of print soon uh jake tell me about your favorite lego set to put together i mean my favorite and my favorite to put together, honestly, is you can't see it in my frame, but you can see it in your frame is the the Saturn five. Um, <laughs> it's just it's just so good. I also have the the like ultimate edition uh, a wing, which is mm -hmm. which was a pretty fun Ooh. build. 
Um, yeah. And then I, I have the Horizon Zero Dawn tall neck. All my Legos are out of frame. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and the tall neck was pretty cool, even though it's my one complaint with it is that the legs are uh, static positions. They don't have. Yeah. They're not hinged. I can see uh, that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I really liked the Saturn V because that one was not only is it uh, uh, the same number of pieces as the year that men landed on the moon, um, but it's just like supposedly. just the engineering of it, supposedly the engineering of it, putting it all together and like, like seeing pieces that I'd used a million times before and then flipping a page and be like, they want me to do what with this yeah and it's just so neat for it all to come together and that it's in stages and and all that it's really cool yeah i think i I think the thing that that's surprising about the saturn 5 build was you would do you would be building it and you would build like a 10 inch piece Mm -hmm. and you would build another 10 inch piece and you're it feels like you're literally just building this enormous thing and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger as you're building it it's so good that felt that felt incredible um i did do the optimus prime one i want to say five six months ago after i bought Mm -hmm. it and i built that and that was very cool because it's it's it has a lot of articulation and as you're putting it together you put it together in optimus prime form but Mm -hmm. you can start to kind of guess on how it transforms and then Mm -hmm. when you're done you get to do the full transformation and it literally just packs down into a truck and it's it's either model's great and if i was fucking crazy and i'm just crazy i'm not fucking crazy i would buy a second one of them so i could display it in both forms (laughs) like it's it's fantastic in either form um but anyways um it's just a chit chat section, so let's keep going. I went to um, I went to the Lego store this weekend because I've kind of reached this point in my life in uh, where what's closest to you? Not the one in downtown Disney. There's one in Jacksonville. Mm. Um, it's a small one, but it's still there. Um, I I've reached this point in my life where I'm financially stable enough where I'm like, you know what? If I want to spend, if I want to buy like a a nice lego set a month i can totally do that i can afford mm-hmm. that and i'm not necessarily saying i'm doing that but it was like this revelation where i was like the lego nes set i think i ended up paying like 275 for it and part of the reason why i put that off for so long was i was like that's a lot to spend on a lego set but i finally mm-hmm. got it and i got it right before it you know stopped print and became impossible to find and i've just loved it so much that i'm like shit i should probably hop on these other sets i want and so i was like i gotta go to the lego store so i called up my nephew my 10 year old nephew and i'm like yo <laughs> try to go to the lego store bro and he's like yeah let's go to the lego store so we went to the lego store and i'm just constantly surprised at how many awesome lego sets there are now and how much they have just like fully embraced adult fans of legos oh you know, yeah it feels it feels fantastic and, yeah. and knowing that you're not just buying something that costs more expensive because it's bigger and it's for adults, but that those are actually like the best sets they've ever done. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. Do you have a particular set you've had your eye on that you're thinking about picking up or would love to pick oh, up? I mean, there's been a bunch. I, I, I'm, most of the ones that I like really, really want are the ones that have been discontinued for like 10 years. Um, yeah. Like there's the the Emerald Knight steam train is one of my white whales. And if yeah. I ever see it like super cheap on eBay or something, I'm totally going to get it. Um, the current stuff that's out right now. Um, I, I is the is the pyramids of Giza still. Um, it's still out there. Yeah, in I saw it at the print. store. That one's yep. really it's neat. Cool. Um, it's a little it's a little smaller than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. But I think that's OK. It's going to make it easier to display. I like it all the feels interior like stuff. Yeah. And how they rendered like the river. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's a beautiful little Lego scene, you know? Yeah. Um, I saw the, uh, the discovery space shuttle plus the Hubble space telescope Mm -hmm. where it's like, that one's a neat one. It's like a 16, 18 inch one. And I've always wanted a big space shuttle and it's 200 and I almost picked it up. I think I, I think I may just drive back and pick it up at some point. I have um, discontinued this year. So, yeah, I have the International Space Station that Hazel got me like two mm-hmm. Christmases ago, and I told myself I'm not going to build it until I have a shelf for it, and I have yet to get shelf space for it. That's honestly, that's my problem is I've got a bunch of shelves back here, and I'm running out of space, so I need to 
off to my left, I'm going to tear down some decoration and build a whole bunch of like shelves to put the gunpla so then I can retake the gunpla space with the bigger Lego models. Yeah. So honestly, that's I th- that reminds me, I'm not going to pick up that set until I go to Lowe's, buy the wood, build the shelves, put them up, and then I can go buy more stuff. But yeah, I I did go down a bit of a rabbit hole, which is look lego's fantastic fantastic models love what they're doing lately except for the fucking prices it's off the chain like it's a problem some of their sets like the the rough the rough measure used to be like what 10 cents a piece Mm -hmm. and you'd be like a little up or down but it feels like they are putting some sets out there with like 150 i mean like 1500 pieces for like 200 plus dollars and it's Mm -hmm. like what the fuck are you guys doing and that led me to look up fake legos and to look up knockoff legos and we're not talking mega blocks we're talking like real third party stuff we're talking we're talking straight from china Mm -hmm. um like literally straight from china have you have you investigated any of that aspect of the market before there was certainly um uh there were a lot of of interesting third-party bionicle sets that would occasionally Mm -hmm. pop into uh like my social feeds back when that was a thing um but no i i have never purchased a third-party lego set i've had megablox sets purchased for me by uh Mm -hmm. grandparents who don't know better um back when i was a youth but uh i'm 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 always a little wary um because i had a the first like mega block set that got bought for me it was so poorly made yeah. and i couldn't even yeah. like the parts just wouldn't stick together with themselves and definitely wouldn't stick together with like lego pieces but yeah. um there's certainly some very interesting stuff out there i'd be, i would be a little more interested i know there are like the third party sites that sell you unofficial lego sets where it's like all the right pieces, but it's some custom instruction manual. Um, yeah, for like trains and and all sorts and, of stuff. And, and they and they have those, but the problem is if you're getting Lego bricks, it's it's way more than ten cents a piece. Mm-hmm. It's like twenty thirty cents a piece because you're basically buying it. It's it's not quite piecemeal because you're giving them a list and they're handing pieces back to you, but you're basically paying piecemeal prices. So there's I did some research this weekend. And there's the first thing I I looked into was like, okay, what's the fucking quality of these sets? And there's actually a lot of stuff on on Reddit. Surprised, not surprising at all. But they have like a tier list where they're like, hey, here's the manufacturers of the bricks. And they're like, and here's the brands that use those bricks. And there were basically two or three brick manufacturers that over the last like four or five years have become very, very good where they're like, hey, some of their pieces are just like indistinguishable from legos in terms of quality and like as long as you make sure the brand you're buying from is getting their bricks from this you know supplier then you're gonna be fine um so then knowing that knowing that i could actually get decent quality bricks in some of these kits i waded into the market of like you know timu aliexpress you know some third-party sites and stuff um and i basically found three levels of kits uh you've already mentioned one of them I'll start with the best one. Well, not the best one. The most legal one, which is a company selling their own unique design. And then there are companies that sell a fan design where they have essentially ripped off a fan-made design and are selling the bricks and a copy of the manual with it, as opposed to the intent of the fan design is that you directly pay that fan 20 bucks for the manual on how to build that and then source the bricks yourself. This company basically copied the manual and sells a kit of that my original creation, which is that's 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 fucked up. You know, you shouldn't take somebody's design that they've created and uh, not pay them for it. And then there's the the third one, which is the worst, which is straight fucking lego (laughs) like it's just straight fucking lego kits and they're like here's all the parts you need and they either provide you with an instruction manual or because lego all the instruction manuals are online they're like yep it's already there Mm -hmm. just go fucking get it um yeah i I will say to sidetrack just a tiny second i didn't realize they had digitized so many of their instruction manuals until yeah um, 
I can't remember who it was from Save Data who posted in in the Discord, hey, you know, if you want to build something interesting in 2K Drive, just go look up the instructions on lego.com. And there's so much stuff there. Crazy. But yeah. you keep going. Uh, no, you keep going. <laughs> no, that's <Cool>. it. <laughs> that's all I got. So you have to you have to work through it. Shit. Um so, but I've been looking, and the, the prices are a lot cheaper, even for the good quality um, third-party bricks. And I found a couple interesting sets. Um, there was one company that just makes a bunch of, like, train designs and, like, really interesting, like, World War II tank designs. And I'm like, ooh, I should try some of those. Um, there's somebody who is selling some of the Lego kits I want to get for, like, literally half the price. Um and then um, I posted this in the Discord. Somebody just somebody has a really nice, just flat out Gundam kit, but it's out of Lego. It's like twelve inches tall. I I saw a review somebody posted for it, like an in depth review, and they were like, "This kit's fantastic. Quality's great." And it's only like one fifty for this mm-hmm. like twelve fourteen inch Lego Gundam. Probably gonna have to buy that at some point. Um, the one that I wanted to to dip my toes in with though was a uh, a Mark V Viper from Battlestar Galactica. Somebody had that kit for 25 bucks and it's like four or 500 pieces. And I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. The only thing that stopped me, the only thing that stopped me was website was a little sketch and I didn't want to put my credit card into it. So Mm. I was trying to find, have you heard of these like virtual credit cards or like one-time credit cards where you can basically use a digital service. Well, it, not really. It's it's I, well, it probably was originally, but now it's the whole idea is like you don't trust the website. You don't want to give them your actual credit card. So you go to this other website that's through a bank or whatever. And you say, give me like a one time use credit card mm. and it's tied to my card and it only authorizes one specific purchase, typically of a specific amount. Yeah. And then you can put those card numbers in. You get the purchase. But if anybody grabs those numbers and tries to use them, the card's dead. So that's where I stopped. I need to get that set up and then I'll buy that Galactic Viper set and uh, we'll see how it is. I'm fuck. I'm down the Lego train and I'm going to start buying some shit out of China, folks. It's going to get weird. It's going to get weird around here. <laughs> I'll make for some good streams, though. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that and, and the kit's small enough. I could just do like a one or two hour stream of just like, let's build this thing. Uh, yep. Fuck it. Let's go to games. Uh, speaking mm. of streams. Okay. We're live right now. Um, Jake, <laughs> what have you been playing? Uh, to just briefly then touch on continuing Destiny 2. It's the new season, continuing the story. Uh, my brother and I, over the weekend, we tried out the new dungeon, which is like they're, they're halfway between strikes and raids, where it's, it's a higher difficulty content with like some more challenging um, mechanics. Um, and uh, it was pretty cool. We, we got past the first encounter and we got stuck on the second encounter because um, the boss was just a little too hefty. And it's meant for three players and we were only two players. So we were, we were understaffed. But we had a lot of fun. Still a fun game to play, even though we've, yeah. we've talked ad nauseum on the stream about how the onboarding experience is heinous and it's bloated and sometimes yeah. buggy. And, but it's yeah. fun to play. When it's, when it's firing... It's it's good. Uh, and um, you were here when we were talking about Marathon, right? The Marathon announcement? Yes. How it's a extraction PvE, PvP extraction shooter. Yeah. And, and so part of me is like, I'm not a big fan of those genres, but uh, I, I think I mentioned this, how that makes me more excited knowing all the problems with Destiny because there is still onboarding. There is still a complexity of systems in an extraction shooter fresh slate it's a fresh slate but it's also simpler than mm-hmm. what they've built with destiny and i think it's going to be harder for them to fuck that up versus the just spaghetti monstrosity they have built with destiny and how they're just in a position where they're incapable i don't, I don't know that anybody's capable of fixing that um so you know flesh f- fresh slate plus a much simpler format i think is going to be really beneficial for them yeah it's interesting because i think about stuff like like world of warcraft has been online since 2004 eve's been online since 2003 and obviously those are both very different kinds of mmos than destiny um but it's it's 
Destiny's such a weird beast that it has had like the the stuff that's been taken out and the stuff that's been yeah put in. It's just it's it's so weird because now that you mention it, I know this isn't where you're going, but like how how has Destiny fucked it up so bad for so long? Because like I my only experience in the gaming industry was working on an MMO, and I remember any fucking time there was downtime, plus a couple times a month. People would come through executives, managers, and be like, guys, we have to retest main quest one. And main quest one was basically, you're a new player. This is your tutorial section. Mm -hmm. And it was like, we know we have to fucking capture the players in the first 60 minutes. And it has to be fucking perfect. There can't be any bugs. It has to make sense. It has to feel good. And we tested that shit over and over and over again. And a couple months after launch, there was even an, an effort to like redo it even more mm -hmm. in a way where to make it even more of a heavy tutorial. And it just astounds me that Destiny, like Bungie just, I don't want to say they don't realize they have a fucking problem, but they have somehow made it just worse and worse when every other MMO in the industry is just like onboarding number one important thing, you know, cause if you can't get your player enjoying and participating in the game in the first 60 minutes, they're fucking gone. And in an yep. MMO, it's like the first 60, the first six hours, the first 10 hours. Yeah. And it's just weird that they have not, they have not fixed it. Arguably they've made it worse. That's crazy. Yeah. It's interesting because obviously like all the stuff, They've re reintroduced some stuff from Destiny 1, including the the opening mission and kind of the opening tutorial stuff. But they added that like three years into Destiny 2's life cycle. I think it was with Beyond Light, which was 2020, um, that they reintroduced kind of the new player mission. Because they took out yeah. what then was Destiny 2's tutorial stuff, which was the Red War campaign, the stuff that launched in 2017. It wasn't that bad. It was fine. Um, it was fine. But then it, it just got removed because I think they're they've worked themselves a little bit into a corner with doing the seasonal content storyline, which I think week to week is a really interesting, compelling way of delivering narrative content. But then over time, because that stuff just vanishes at the end of the season to progress yeah. the story in the ever evolving world of destiny that Luke Smith talked about back in like 2018. Um, it just means that you know, like we've talked about, you drop yourself in as a new person and you're like, what's going on here? Where do I even yeah, go? Exactly. What do I do? But, exactly. um, yeah, you kind of have to have been there since 2014 to uh, appreciate what's happening now. Yep. Yeah, and it's just like fucking bring on Marathon. Exactly <laughs> like you said, fresh fresh slate. Hopefully they'll... I, 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 I'm excited for Marathon because I know that no matter fucking what, that game will run great mm -hmm. and it will feel great. Mm -hmm. Everything else around it is no offense more likely than not to not be that great <laughs> based on their record lately, lately as in destiny one and destiny two, but at least the shit that matters, which is, does it run well and does it feel well is going to be fucking rock mm -hmm. solid. Yeah. Uh, tell me more about Bolt Gun. I've been fighting off urges to purchase and play. Yeah, so this was, I know Will and I talked about it last week. We had both kind of gotten to the same point in the game, which was kind of around the halfway mark. There, there It's three, like three acts uh, that uh. have each like seven-ish kind of levels within them. So it's uh. like one big environment that you go through chunks of it, and then a second environment, and then a third environment. I just got into the third environment. And they're they're dropping like the second tier of each weapon. Like you start with the bolt gun and a shotgun and a and a plasma rifle that does splash damage, and then like a big heavy machine gun. And now they're giving me the slightly enhanced versions of each oh, of those. Gotcha. So gotcha. it's like uh, I forget what they call it. It's like a Val Valkyrie, like almost like a grenade launcher, but it's mm -hmm. timed. So you can like plug three grenades into something and then a second later it'll blow up. Um, nice. And then there's something called like the, the melt melt a gun or the meta gun or something which can shoot through surfaces um, and it does super heavy damage. And then there's like a, a laser rifle, which is the like the plasma rifle, but instead of a, a blob, it's like a beam, a continuous beam. Um, <laughs> and then I actually haven't gotten the upgraded heavy machine gun, but I've seen tool tips in the loading menu that I believe are describing the weapon that I will be getting soon that says it's a grav gun 
which does mm. damage based on how big an enemy is. It like turns oh their God. weight against them. Wow. Um, it plays real good. It feels real nice. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I'm a little over halfway through it now, and I'm I'm excited to to, to keep going with it because I think Will and I also talked about one of us. If we haven't done it yet, well, we will be adding it to the game of the year list. Gotcha. Okay. It's yummy. So I, I I'll be playing it at some point, anyways. That's that's good to know. Cool. Uh, for me, I've just been continuing some Tears of the Kingdom. I'm at 50 plus hours now. I've actually slowed down my gameplay in the past week. I've actually had several days that I just didn't touch the game at all. I have three out of the four main quests complete. I, I'm i starting to doubt if I'm going to finish this game. And it's mm. nothing against the game other than it feels a bit too long. Because I'm at 50 plus hours and I feel like I have at least <laughs> another 15 or 20. And I'm like... All right, I'm getting a little tired of this game. Uh, you know, part of that's me. I don't really binge games that much unless it's Factorio or something like that. Um, and so I have my problems with this game. Game's still fantastic, but I'm definitely slowing down. I'm hoping I can turn that around this weekend, taking my Switch with me on the travel to my wedding and, um, <laughs> you know, get some get some nice time in with it. But I, I'm, at, I'm at serious concern that I may have to put this down for a couple months and then come back to it if I want to, hmm. which is a shame. It's a great game. It's just sometimes there's too much of a game, you know. Um, we did play some Squad. We talked about Squad um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I just wanted to mention it because they had a free weekend this past weekend, so I finally got Will to play the game with me. Uh, we were trying to get his brother Zach as well, but he was too busy this weekend. Uh, and and Karen played with us as well. Will's platonic friend, uh, roommate, platonic roommate. Uh, and uh, we had some fun. Like like we played some Galactic Contention, and it was it that's was nice. Star Wars to see, mod, or that's the Star Wars mod, yeah. And it was nice to see Will like. I, I'm not saying this that he wasn't before, but it's always nice to be like, hey, come here and look at this. And Will like got in the mod. It was just like this is awesome like he he was started going around as a super droid he was having a lot of fun with it um but the other thing was like we had uh, squad is very tactical and um you know we talked about this previously like there's long respawn times there's a long engagement distance um it's a bit punishing if you die you know if you die there's like 40 second respawn time and it's probably another two minutes before you get back into the fight in terms mm -hmm. of just humping it across the map um so people play it tactically and um we had this f one of these fucking phenomenal moments i'm gonna toot my own horn for a second honk honk where so i had a squad going and i was squad leader and it was originally just a squad for me will and karen to play but i left it open and i ended up with nine or ten people in this squad the rest of them randoms and um we were basically there was this there was uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's not a super popular Star Wars planet, but it was like it was a little bit jungly and it was a little bit rocky. But basically there was a um, there was a base that we were spawning out of this big rock pillar and then about 100, 200 meters away, another enemy base. And we were trying to take that base. And so between us and them were like this big rock pillar, this swamp with a lot of vegetation and like a like a dead tank and some rocks and stuff. And so it's just this fucking meat grinder because there's like 25, 30 friendlies in this base. There's probably 20, 25 enemies in this other base. And we're just fucking throwing bolts at each other, you know, <laughs> fucking throwing laser fire. And it's fantastic because every round's a tracer in Star Wars. Right. So it's just like, pew, 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 pew. We're just seeing fucking laser bolts going everywhere. And like uh, for a little bit, Will and I were like posted up on this rock and so we're just staring at the base like 100 meters away and every time one of the one of the enemy bolts came out we would both just fucking lay fire on wherever it came from mm. probably hitting nothing but just saturating the base with fire and so we start hitting we start trying to make our way to this base and we were getting within grenade range but then we kept getting cut down because they were doing a great job of defending it you know we're like trying to like crawl through the swamp and hide behind tanks but we didn't end up getting getting pinned down and shot we do that for like 10, 15 minutes. And finally, I'm like, I'm like, fuck it. And I get on voice chat. And I'm like, all right, squad, we're heading due east. We're crossing this fucking river. And then we're cutting north to hit their <laughs> flank. And so like on the map in squad, you can draw arrows for your for your team. So I literally mm -hmm. drew it on the map. And to the credit of this squad of fucking randos within like 
60 fucking seconds the whole squad's formed up on me where i am and we start wading across this fucking river <laughs> and we're like literally like we get to this point where where our characters are holding their guns above our heads because we're not swimming but it's it's too deep for us to fire mm-hmm. and so there's this just line of squad uh, of squad troopers crossing this river and off to our left is the enemy base like 150 meters away i don't know how they didn't fucking spot us we get to the enemy we get to the other shore we start to make our way north we pretty quickly hit the enemy but and we we weren't like taking a lot of ground but we got in a firefight with them and we drew enough attention from them that our main force was able to take the fucking base from them because <laughs> we basically did like a like a dividing action against them and we did that and we took the base in like two minutes after we stalemate for like 30 minutes and i was like fuck yeah squad that was fucking us we fucking did that we fucking flanked them and we took their attention we fucked them up and it was like incredible just an amazing moment you ever have one of those moments in like multiplayer games with randos I mean, not with randos. I did have um, my my one successful PvP encounter in Eve Online um, was mm-hmm. as a part of the corp that I was in with with a guy who was working at the post house that I was at, and I uh, I did get the the killing blow at the nice. at, like the fleet the fleet leader was you know doing callouts or whatnot, and I just had a little frigate that was uh, other people were suppressing. I can't even remember what ship we were fighting. I think it was we found like two or three people out in low sec. And we gradually got all of them. And my little frigate was just kind of doing its thing fast <laughs> enough that the big ships couldn't hit it. Um, nice. But was able to get in close and lay down like a little bit of, of fire. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I was trying to, you were describing this planet and I was trying to be like, hmm, I, do, I, do I know what it is? Is it it's, another, is it like a mushroomy swamp or is it like a Dagobah swamp? Not really. Honestly, it's more like, it's more like Kashyyyk. But with like American Southwest rocks in it, hmm. so it's that's how good the mod is. Is that it? I've played probably seven or eight different maps on it, and only half of them did I recognize from Star Wars. And I'm not a giant yeah. Star Wars fan, but I was like, oh, Coruscant, oh, Kashyyyk, oh, Scarif, okay. Mm-hmm. And then the other half of the time, I'm like, what fucking planet is this? You know, it's from a uh, book that came out in <laughs> 1991. Yeah. Yeah, it's from Timothy Zahn's first book. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just I just shout out to Squad that that game's incredible. It it really makes these emergent gameplay movements. And when you when you like have a squad of randos, they listen to you and you make a tactical call and it actually fucking works. It feels fantastic and it only feels fantastic because the game is built to encourage that type of gameplay. Uh, so, yeah, the game's fantastic. Anyways, should we go to the news? sure um let's play the news theme i don't actually i may have it (laughs) i forgot to i have everything else on little people on your little button yeah which is great but i forgot to do the news theme so um do you want to sing the news theme for me real quick while i I find it i'm not familiar enough with the new news theme okay i got it Oh. Yeah, I could have sung that because it's just whispering. I couldn't sing that, but I could whisper it. I could um, whisper it. Anyways, folks, uh, Jake, you got a, a little bit of a light news week. Apparently, mm. E three's next week. Did you did you realize that? I forgot about it. Like, <laughs> just, <laughs> like, like the Ubisoft one is next week. I think the Starfield one is next weekend. And oh, yeah. uh, f- Facebook is June doing something. something next week. Like Apple's doing, doing something. Actually, I think he did his thing today. But I think Apple's announcing their VR headset next week, and it's just like lots of shit popping off next week. Mm. Um, so a little bit of a light news week this week, but we do have a couple bangers here. Jake, how about mm. you uh, tell us about the story you picked? Yeah. So this was uh, not super surprising when I read it this morning, um, but No Man's Sky much much hyped much trashed much developed uh sci-fi exploration game from hello games is coming to the macintosh computer system which seems crazy to me why (laughs) i don't know weird i don't know but it's so sean murray does this thing now before every expansion where he will tease it with like just one or two emojis 
Yeah. And when he earlier in the week posted the emoji of an apple, the back of my brain was like, oh, wouldn't it be hilarious if he did that? Because it's coming yeah. to the Mac. I'm like, surely and, it's like some sort of farming update. But and I don't not. think anybody thought it was Mac. Everybody thought it was Apple VR. They mm. thought it was, oh, he's teasing it because Apple VR announcement is imminent and mm. No Man's Sky is going to be on that platform. The Mac, it just doesn't. How many fucking Mac gamers are there? I mean, I could look that up on Steam. Let's see, Mac gamers yeah, I would Steam be, number. Um, Give me your guess, yeah. I would generously give it like four digits. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to... I found... I found stats. But it's a lot of fucking stats. Mm. It's the hardware survey, but as far as I can tell, it's just the page for. Okay, here we go. I think I have it, folks. Uh, no, that didn't fucking help me, did it? So... <laughs> hey, you know how Steam, you know how Steam does their hardware surveys? Yes. Um, I found the page where they published the results, but it's not super clear on this, on this, on this page. Anyways, um, are you going to play this on your Mac? No, I have steam on my Mac and, and before I had any sort of consoles, I did play whatever games that I could on my Mac. I think I played the first two Borderlands games on my Mac. Um, but um, no, I would be very afraid to try to run No Man's Sky. Unless, like we talked about with LEGO 2K Drive, they're making a lot of technical concessions to get it to run, because I feel like they would yeah. have to. But the the link I posted is the press release from Hello Games, which... If the screenshots, I would assume that the screenshots posted in there, it didn't say explicitly if they were captured on a Mac or not. Um, but uh, no, I have this on the PlayStation. It does say there's crossplay though, so people in the Mac ecosystem will be playing with people yeah. on the Xbox and the PlayStation and, and the PC. And I can see, I can see this easily running on a MacBook, MacBook Pro, because those are those are beefy little machines. Mm -hmm. um, according to the January 2023. Uh, Steam survey the percentage of Steam users on the macOS platform 0.52% not a whole lot of people mm -mm. Um, so I, I just can't imagine how um, fuck have you seen that movie Game Night no I've seen Gamer with Gerard Butler no, so That's I finally a movie watched made the movie for perverts by perverts. <laughs> I finally watched the movie uh, Game Night with uh, Jason Bateman, Rachel McAdams, um, and Jesse Plemons, and mm. a couple other people as well. And you know what? It is it is a great movie. It's a pretty good movie. It, it came out in that time when there were a lot of movies like it, and you're just like, oh, this is just a weird little cash grab mm -hmm. type generic movie. I remember but it's seeing not. trailers for it, and that's what I thought. And, yeah, it's put together. It's I believe it's the same writers and directors as the D and D movie. So it, it's oh. a weirdly yeah. That's the thing is that it's like it came it came off of this like generic, you know, big star movie that went nowhere. But in reality, it it feels like more of a pet project. Mm -hmm. But anyways, there's this line. There's this line that Jesse Plemons has in the movie, and it's so funny. They're trying to hide that they're having a game night from their neighbor. Their neighbor is Jesse Plemons. He's a weird mm -hmm. neighbor. And he's like, you're not having anybody over? And they're like, no. And he goes, well, why do you have three bags of Frito-Lay then? And he goes, they were having a, a three-for-one deal. And he goes, three-for-one? How can that be profitable for Frito-Lay? <laughs> it's just such a weird little line. And that's what I'm thinking is like, how can this be profitable for No Man's Sky mm -hmm. to put all that fucking dev effort into releasing on a platform that's barely used? I mean, I, I still like I think about what they're doing. Like I bought No Man's Sky whenever it was. What was it? 2016, mm -hmm. 2017? Yeah, I bought it. And then they've given me like 20 free updates since then. I... 
The only thing I can think of is I'm sure they made a fuckload of money off No Man's Sky. The amount mm-hmm. of hype, the amount of initial purchases, like day one purchases, myself included. Um, I guarantee you that gave them a shitload of money. I don't think they were a big studio to begin with. They're not. And I'm it's pretty like sure they just. People. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure they are coasting on those sales and subsequent sales. Mm-hmm. And that is basically given them enough runway to put out all this DLC, etc. My concern is how can that be profitable for Frito Lay <laughs> in terms of like you're supposed to take that money and use that as a runway to create your next profitable game, mm-hmm. not to just put out free shit the whole time year after year because at some point you're gonna have to pivot to a new game and you're gonna go oh wait fuck we don't have any money now we have to go fucking go to investors and bow Mm -hmm. down to their concerns so i i appreciate what they did at least the first couple years but it feels like it's getting way too long in the tooth y'all have earned your goodwill back from a majority of the gaming community so so keep some of that fucking nest egg and turn that into your your self-funded next game yeah exactly instead of having to waste all that money on dlc that's not giving you anything no no man's lies people reddit already made yeah. that joke friendo yeah that's where <laughs> it came from apologies i couldn't think of a good one anyways let's talk about the uh, next news article mm. have you perchance read have you heard the tale of redfall <laughs> the wise the like the the bloomberg story that came out today yeah have you read this i've not read all of it honestly it seems pretty bad can i just i i'm gonna i'm gonna add some spice here okay i appreciate the the inside access and the leaks that jason schreier is able to get but sometimes and it feels like pretty often recently he will tease some big fucking story and he'll put out some big story and act like it's big fanfare and everybody acts like it's been big fanfare and then you read the story and it's just fucking lukewarm mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's nothing that crazy in here right uh like i'll try and get to um uh according to people familiar with the process zenimax was strongly urging developers and subsidiaries to implement microtransactions uh, although this wasn't an absolute mandate, several ZeniMax franchises such as Fallout, Doom, and Wolfenstein soon released their versions with online multiplayer monetization options. Um, basically, a lot of people left Arcane after Prey uh, because they didn't like what they were being asked to do with Redfall. Nobody really liked Redfall. They were hoping Microsoft would cancel it after they saw it, but they didn't, so they went with it anyways. None of this is fucking like insider info right like Mm -hmm. this is it just seems like the creative process in terms of big business yeah i i mean a little bit but it also uh, from this article it doesn't feel like at any point like like even that line i just said it was not a mandate that they make a microtransaction game and so that's not to to say it's not business's fault etc but it feels like they said hey maybe we should make one of these games and they started to make it and nobody really wanted to do it, but nobody ever made the decision to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And so it just happened without any sort of strong creative or technical leader at the front deciding this is my game. I'm going to make it how I want it to be. Yeah. And instead, they just made it in the vision of what they think a, uh, a SAS MTX game is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it was interesting because um I was actually, I was just watching, I was just uh, listening to the local chat with, I think it was you and Will and David talking about Redfall. Yeah. Um, and how uh, David was saying that the best thing about Redfall is the, the world and like the kind of the yeah. narrative story broad strokes that they that they came up with um because i follow some one well one of the writers at bungie was a writer on redfall before they worked on destiny and i know that she always talks about really liking and enjoying what she wrote for redfall um and yeah it just seems like it just didn't go the way everybody else wanted it to no it feels like there was not a clear vision top down for this game you know Mm. for all the um uh for all the shit ken levine 
gets and some of it rightfully so for running you know like abusive studios i wouldn't say abusive but he's he's basically accused of running a studio like a like a dictatorship where he's like look mm. this is my game you're going to do the, you're the going auteur. to yeah you're going to code design uh draw as i want you to and if it doesn't work out then i'm going to crumple it all up and we're going to start fresh that that's a very tense unfriendly work atmosphere but it it at least has a singular vision in it you know and it sounds like that's the problem with redfall uh they talk about two talk about two developers uh sorry two industry veterans harvey smith and ricardo bear were co-directors of redfall Mm. and there was a bit of tension between them they kept giving uh altering directives to the team neither of them really stepped up and provided a clear coherent vision for the game and so they built this game that is just kind of a a confusing mess as as much as the direction was Mm -hmm. um so yeah it feels like they needed an auteur here they needed somebody or a group of people to step up and say we know exactly what this game needs to be we need to build to that as opposed to let's just build to a generic far cry standard there's a in one of the later seasons of the office when uh, jim and michael become co-managers and there's a talking head with oscar where he's like yeah what president doesn't have two countries where would catholicism be without the popes <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you just need one leader to get the job yep. done or to at least, like you said, have the vision. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it was it's something like, there's like 70% staff attrition after Prey. Yeah. Which I don't know if, how that compares to other studios but uh, or other games, but that seems probably like not. a lot from an outsider's not. perspective. Yeah. Although, honestly, games industry is probably not that much higher. And mm-hmm. I, I wonder... Again, complete conjecture here. I wonder how much of that 70% was not people leaving because they didn't support Redfall, but they were leaving because they are so used to in the games industry after a game ships, especially one with a lukewarm release like Prey, mm-hmm. you sit around and wait for the layoffs to happen. And so they sure. decided to leave first. Um, sure. It's a fucked up industry. I didn't know um, until this, like people were talking about it around this article. I didn't know that prey or i didn't realize that prey had sold so poorly because i know it got such a yeah. great critical reception and like i bought it day one and played through it and i was like yeah prey and then it i i just didn't realize that i guess yeah. nobody else bought it yeah it just game it didn't, didn't sell to the numbers yeah um so anyways just some more details on the inside of redfall basically what we all kind of knew it was a mess all along nobody's really supporting it what do you um, think they're gonna do with it like content updates Nothing. it's Nothing. just gonna sit i mean I, I tell you what they should do but they don't have the balls to do which is they should just fucking kill it mm. gonzo don't pay for fucking servers don't pay for any more development it's dead in the water don't even you know don't waste don't waste money on an ambulance ride just kill it that's that's what they gotta do honestly i don't think anybody would be upset about that um but with with dev costs what they are today tech stack costs server cost kill it no reason well, i've to got keep it i've around. got like an hour or two of capture for it so <laughs> i don't need to go back get get anything else you put that on ebay soon <laughs> um we got some two quick hits here Rare um, Redfall gameplay first up uh sonic creator yuji naka finally gets what he deserves two years in prison we should have a sonic like celebration party um this fucking monstrosity of a man who created not only sonic but also balan wonderworld is finally going to prison for insider trading Mm. fuck okay he's going to prison for the wrong thing that's how they got martha stewart that's right you know i was thinking today about martha stewart well a little bit yeah because of this story can i go can i go a little leftist real quick (laughs) Um, sure the stream will favorite, be surprised one of my favorite podcasts is the dollop they tell these stories it's these two comedians and they tell stories about american history but in in they they started liberal but in going through like 600 plus stories now they've just become like militant liberal like very mm-hmm. anti-capitalist and it's understandable given the stories they read and um they were talking about how like all it takes is just like one ceo to get the death penalty 
because of like absolutely horrendous <laughs> decisions their business has made. Like somebody from the Purdue family, somebody from the Sackler family from Purdue pharmacies should get the death penalty for what they did for the for the opioid crisis. Like they killed 400,000 Americans because of that. Death penalty. And and how this ties in is I'm like when I heard that he got two and a half years for insider trading, I was like, wow. Wow. So you do get jail time for that because mm. most business crimes, it's like fucking nothing. It's like a fine to the business. But the individuals who perpetrated the crime, nothing happens to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm trying to say is Yuji Naka deserves the death penalty. <laughs> no I'm kidding. I'm just saying, look, uh, this guy fucked up. He fucked up pretty bad. He had insider information. He um, he used it for his own personal gain. He admitted to that. Uh, it's just funny. Like this guy he made sonic and balan wonderworld you know he's like sega's miyamoto in a way and it turns out he's a fucking insider trader you know mm-hmm. it's it's like it's like barney going to jail for embezzlement it's like what the fuck well it's like i i remember a like it was like the first year when we were doing subpixel stuff and we were trying to actively do more of the documentary things and we were talking about doing a humongous games doc potentially or trying yeah. trying to do one and i was doing research and i found out that one of the co-founders of humongous was in prison for like 10 years for like real estate tax fraud jesus that's crazy yeah look all i'm saying is there are plenty of ceos out there that deserve that penalty anyways uh <laughs> And we're um, gonna show you on live stream. We're gonna do. We're it. gonna stream it. That's the next Cronenberg movie. Cronenberg mm-hmm. um, well, or Verhoeven, honestly, either of them. I do agree. Need Verhoeven to come back and do like George Miller did with Fury Road. Like you've made your your you know your fun yeah. little movies or whatever. Now come back and give me a proper RoboCop sequel. <laughs> Or another I, okay. Starship Troopers. Jake, I have the remedy for you. Mm. I, a couple weeks ago, Maggie and I wanted to watch a movie. I pulled up this big list I keep of movies that I want to watch. Mm. One of them is called Flesh and Blood. And I was like, I have this it on my movie? letterboxed watch list. Yeah. I was like, what is this medieval? Why is this on my list? And I started watching it. And within like five seconds, it was like Paul Verhoeven movie. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck what I'm in for. It's, 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 it's exactly Rutger Hauer and it's like the 70s or... It's it's 80s. It's Rutger Hauer. It's Jennifer Jason Lee. That's pretty. It's it's got Brian James, who also he plays the um, the android at the start of he plays the uh, the android at the start of Blade Runner, the one talking about the turtle in the desert. Oh sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah Let yeah. me look. I, this is why I'm bringing this up because this movie deserves a fuckload more attention. Where did you watch is, it? I think it was on Tubi. I think it was free. Oh, it was heck yeah. I've been it's, like trying to find incredible. the Blu-ray. If you want a new Verhoeven movie, just go watch this because it's a Verhoeven fucking movie. It's incredible. Yes, I will. And it's 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 amazing. Anyways, um, yeah, no, that's been on my letterbox watch list for like two years. It's so good. It's really really good. Um, so anyways, I let's close Benedetta. this out. I want to, but I don't want to watch it with Maggie. It's <laughs> like I need to watch that by myself. So <laughs> I've been waiting. It's a lot. I, I could I want it to be a lot. Uh flesh and flesh and flesh plus too. blood. Yeah, flesh I keep I nothing against the movie. I just can't remember that fucking title. I keep thinking it's like steel and sweat, sweat and blood. Anyways, it's a phenomenal movie. Anyways, uh uh shut up. We're gonna do the last news story now. Mm. MetaQuest 3 has been announced. This is the Facebook Quest, uh the standalone headset. Um Here's the reason why we're talking about this, folks. Quest 2, by far, is the number one most popular VR headset. Multiple millions of this have been sold. This is the gateway to VR for normal folks. The normies. Um, this, it's, it's, it's also a very good device. I've used it before. What makes this so good compared to pretty much every other VR headset is it's standalone. You put this headset on, that's it. You don't have to buy a PS5. You don't have to connect it to a PC. It's just, you don't have to put a phone in it. It fucking works and it's just a VR headset. So this is basically the software and hardware leader of the market. 
They finally announced their MetaQuest 3 coming out this fall. It's going to be $499 for the 128GB model. Apparently has uh, a resolution uptick from the Quest 2. They haven't said how. They said it's half the size uh, because they're using pancake lenses, so it's even lighter and thinner now. Mm. And it's also two times the performance, so it's going to run a lot more games on it. Um, I know we normally don't cover VR stuff, but this is actually... I'm, I'm glad they're continuing in this direction because this is how we get VR, VR to mainstream. In a lot of ways, this is the device people have wanted forever with VR, like a powerful, very good, cheap standalone headset. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just a tangent to this, we talked about it a couple times. Rumor is next week, Apple's going to announce their VR headset, VR AR headset, finally. And it will be $2,000. I Okay, let me tell you what I heard. And then... I can tell you what I think it will cost. Rumor is it's going to be two 4K OLED screens. So 4K OLED per eye, which is an insane resolution. Most VR headsets nowadays are basically 4K across both eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, So knowing that, knowing Pancake Lens, knowing the Apple tax, and knowing that they're they want to do AR, so they're gonna do a lot of like really nice quality cameras on the outside, like full color pass through, which means like you're wearing the headset, but you can see the outside world. I think it's gonna be three thousand minimum. Tim Apple man. People are gonna pay it. People are gonna fucking pay it. No, I know that's the problem. They're gonna be standing in line waiting to get it. (laughs) Yeah. And look, I normally I would agree with you that's the problem. But I, I mentioned this like a year and a half ago when the rumors started the heating up. I want this to happen because think about what Apple did with the iPhone, with uh, the AirPods, with all this, with the iPod. They come out with the crazy fucking high tech. Mm-hmm. It's super expensive, but they prove that it works and they get enough sales off of idiots buying it at that initial high price that the market gets flooded with good enough third party. You know, mm-hmm. I've talked about it before. AirPods are what? You buy a new pair of AirPods, brand new, they're like 200 bucks. Something That's like that. what it is, right? 40 bucks off Amazon. I bought these a year and a half ago. These are basically fucking AirPods. I so, just love my wired headphones. Yeah. So I'm, I don't want the Apple headset, but I'm excited for it because it's going to bring enough tech and enough consumers and build the market up enough that we're going to start seeing in a year or two the competition is going to bring the price drastically to the floor where you're going to get 99% the same tech. So what are the I'm excited. launch titles going to be Apple arcade stuff or what do we think? No, it's probably going to be. Is half like if is half life Alex coming to the Apple? Headset? No, no, but I'm, I'm trying to think, I don't know what the quest runs on. But the Quest has a lot of standalone games, and that's the big VR market. And I don't think there's anything preventing Apple from going out to those same game developers and saying, hey, why don't you port your game to the Apple as well? Mm. Um, Because I don't even know what OS it's going to run. Yeah. There's no guarantee it's going to run iOS. It can run whatever it wants. Um, So yeah, we'll have to see. VR market is getting crazy this year so we'll just have to see how that goes i feel like we're getting closer and closer to the point where i'm going to say vr becomes mainstream but that doesn't mean the metaverse you go to work and you put on a vr headset and you don't need monitors that's fucking stupid but mainstream as in like nintendo 3ds xbox playstation mainstream this is going to be a new console it's going to work well enough it's going to be cheap enough that people are going to use it regularly that's still a couple years down the line but it's it's getting closer every day which is pretty exciting. Anyways. Anything else? <laughs> uh, I just added something to the wish list spotlight. I don't know if you had seen uh, yeah, gameplay from this. Tell uh, me about this, this week. Falling Frontier. Falling Frontier. It looks to be like a, a like a mostly realistic high res space flight RTS. Um and they did like a six minute gameplay trailer earlier this week. And I, I, I found out about it because a concept artist I follow, I guess, has been doing a lot of like the 3D modeling for the game. Um, so it looks really good. Um, but it seemed like a game that, that you and Will and I would probably really enjoy. Are you looking at yeah. it right now? 
I am. It's it's it definitely has an expanse visual to it. Mm-hmm. It looks very it's almost like expanse slash uh mech warrior or mech commander with how the mm-hmm. UI is laid out. Um the interesting thing here is in the um description it says design ships and raid enemy supply lines, lay minefields and construct recon stations. Um a sci-fi RTS where Intel and logistics are decisive factors. And and for me, that's the thing that stands out. It's not just about build your ship and fight. It's also mm-hmm. about you gotta set up your logistics line. You gotta have some Intel going. So this this definitely looks really cool. Falling Frontier. Go ahead and wish less that on Steam, folks. That looks phenomenal. Looks very, very cool. Well, folks. That's going to do it for this episode of Local Chat. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Like I said, we ain't doing shit this weekend. Uh, we're all going to be in Jersey getting married. Um, <laughs> all of us. All of us. It's you can find us at Subpixel Team. Yes. You can find us at Subpixel Team on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and Mixer. You can find me on Twitter at Think Gibson. And Jake, where can people find you? At underscore Jake Terrio on Twitter and other places across the internet. Track me down. Awesome. Figure it out. Thanks. 